All right, I believe we are live. Hello, everyone, and uh, thanks for tuning in. I do apologize. Uh, I know that I took the poll on Twitter and on YouTube yesterday, and folks said that they wanted the quick news update live, and then life happened, and it didn't happen, and I do apologize. Uh, well, I guess I should say thanks for tuning in, and thanks for putting up with the fact that we have these... Uh, sort of guerrilla videos that are not my usual style, but uh, that's what we're going with for now until I find all the pieces of my studio. Uh, some some stuff's missing, so I have to, to find that before I can get back to my regular content. Hopefully you guys like that. Uh, first and foremost, we have to get some partners linked in. And uh, two partners I think right now are very, very important considering everything that's going on. And basically with what's going on with the Democrats and the threats that they're making right now over the SCOTUS pick, I mean, if you wanna create a civil war, that's how you create a civil war. Like if you want to divide the country, what the Democrats are doing right now, that's going to divide the country. So uh, two things, very important. I've talked about on the channel a little bit before, um, making sure that you're prepared for any kind of event, whether it's riots, civil unrest, government doing tyrannical things, um, all kinds of stuff. Two things are going to help you with that. Number one, you want to have an emergency food supply. And luckily, my Patriot Supply is a supporting partner of this channel. And I believe you can save it's either 70 or $80 if you click the link down in the description on a four-week emergency food kit. Also, USCCA, the United States Concealed Carry Association, they provide financial and legal support to gun owners if you find yourself in a self-defense situation, which is looking more and more <laughs> like it could happen any day, every day. I mean, and in fact, we just had someone who unfortunately found themselves in a self-defense situation. The DA ruled that it was self-defense. Um, there was so much blowback by the activists that instead they decided that, oh no, they were actually going to do a trial and he was facing, I believe, up to 90 years in prison uh over the charges and unfortunately rather than face that sentence he took his own life not saying that uh the legal team over at uscca could have helped overturn that but you definitely want to have someone in your corner and on your side should something like that happen now oh boy you guys um <sighs> i don't even know where to start with this so much has been going these democrats in Congress have been going so insane over the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Mitch McConnell's pledge to have a vote in the Senate for Trump's pick that it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And the main thing that they're, they're talking about is they are complaining about hip hypocrisy and they're talking about the Republicans going for party over principle, and it's reversed, but I mean, when is that new, right? So in the tradition of the last live video that I did, I have notes to keep me better on track and make sure that I'm just firing off all the necessary information. So um, for those of you who didn't see the last video, have not been following along, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away last Friday. Actually, the news came out and broke while I was doing my normal Friday live stream, the sort of hangout news stream, and I 
apologize, my dog is making some noises in the background. Um, so that happened. And that same night, I believe Mitch McConnell came out and said that he would, in fact, have a vote in the Senate were Trump to nominate someone and get that passed through as quickly as possible before the election. In the last video that I did, uh, I believe it was Saturday, we talked about why a SCOTUS pick is so important right now and how it could end up basically deciding the election and deciding what happens ultimately with the country at that point. So if you want the details on why it's important to have a SCOTUS pick, with this craziness of the election that's coming up, go check out that video. Um, I believe there was someone even in the comments section that did a timestamp for the brief synopsis of that. So we have Nancy Pelosi coming out talking about errors in her arrows in her quiver, and then in the middle of the conversation, stopping and having like a brain fritz and just saying, hello, good morning, Sunday morning. Like it's no big deal <laughs> and no one said anything about it. We have that going on. We have Chuck Schumer coming out and saying that if in fact a new justice is put on SCOTUS, then nothing is off the table. We have, um, Brian Fallon, I believe, saying that. We have uh, Blumenthal from Connecticut saying that. We have all these people coming out and saying that now the Democrats are in full attack mode. So we already know from Saturday's video that the base is threatening riots. They are threatening full-on insurgents. They are threatening war. Literally, we went through and showed a whole bunch of screenshots of tweets where they are literally saying, this is war, over and over and over again. So that's what the base is doing. What the actual politicians are doing is they are threatening all kinds of things that they've actually tried to pass numerous times before and couldn't, but they're threatening to do it all again. And that includes things like purposely putting nonsense impeachment articles into the Senate to hold the Senate up so they can't hold a vote. It includes trying to make Washington, D.C., its own state. It includes trying to add Puerto Rico to the state. It includes trying to add stars to the flag. It includes packing the court with their own justices and expanding the Supreme Court. It includes getting rid of the filibuster. There are all these crazy things that they're proposing, and that's not even apparently all of it. There are also they're alluding to they have other secret attacks that they're not telling anyone about, which is really frightening considering some of the things that they're already proposing. Um, we have Eric Holder coming out, who, you know, is somehow all about the rule of law, despite Fast and Furious and all the horrible stuff that he did with the Obama administration, coming out and saying that if Trump gets a Supreme Court justice in that it would be an illegitimate Republican majority. He doesn't explain really why it would be illegitimate when Trump won the election and the other justices were voted in, but he's saying basically the whole idea is that the election was stolen despite the electoral vote. And so that means that to them, any Republican justices in SCOTUS are illegitimate because those seats were stolen is really the running, the, the running theme that they're having here. 
Um, when in reality, any sort of majority on the Supreme Court, number one, is part of the checks and balances system. And number two, if we really want to talk about majority, the majority of people didn't even vote in the last election. So if we're going fully by that majority, then maybe that means that we shouldn't even have a president. Um, and then we had <laughs> um, AOC coming out and talking about how um, McConnell and Trump are violating RBG's final wish to not be replaced until there was a new president. But there is no constitutional precedent for the dying wish of any politician, let alone a Supreme Court justice. And yet there are the videos on social media of people screeching about this, having temper tantrums, having full on breakdowns. And the politicians on the left are taking that and they are actually riling up their base by saying, and I have seen this literally several times on social media, if you do not try to dissent or fight against this SCOTUS pick, you didn't care about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and you don't care about women's rights. That is literally what they're saying. These people didn't know RBG, so they can't really care about RBG. And it is a problem when a judge on a bench is seen as such a big cultural icon and that icon is used to legislate from the bench. That is not what the Supreme Court is supposed to be. The Supreme Court is supposed to be about interpreting the Constitution and making sure that whatever issues are brought to it fall into a constitutional scope. That is the point of the Supreme Court, not to affirm feminism or whatever other thing. It's not to make laws or change laws all willy-nilly. It is supposed to be simply about interpreting the Constitution. So anyways, their whole big thing that they're talking about too is the hypocrisy of Trump and McConnell. Now this comes because in 2016, Obama wanted to put in a Supreme Court justice and it was, I believe, like nine months before the election. And McConnell blocked it, but he said the reason that he was blocking it was not because he said you can't have a Supreme Court pick during an election year. He said basically that if the president and the Senate are from opposite parties, there is no guarantee that the president will actually get his pick in because the Senate will likely vote against it because the Senate has a majority different party. That was all that he said about it. He didn't say that there's any rule about not having justices voted in during an election year. In fact, there are 29 justices that have been voted in during an election year. And for the vast majority of them, when the party and when the Senate and the president were from the same party, they got in. When the president and the Senate were not from the same party, they didn't get in. He was just say, stating historical fact. So the Democrats are taking that and saying instead that he said that you can't have a new SCOTUS pick during an election year. And so he's being hypocritical and blah, 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 blah. That's not it at all. <laughs> And they're also saying this because uh, of the way that the whole voting hearings, everything went down with the Obama's Garland pick in 2016. 
neither here nor there, really. Ultimately, two wrongs do not make a right. And you cannot then threaten, basically, to take away all the power from the other party and grab all of your power while simultaneously talking about the need to focus on principle rather than party. Those two things are very much at odds. <laughs> Robert Chappelle in the super chat says, I'm just anxious to get all you gals back in the kitchen and confiscate your shoes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So they're also complaining that <laughs> they're complaining that Republicans are not following by the rules. And they are complaining that Trump has said that he will not accept the results of any election while simultaneously for four years, they have not accepted the results of the election and simultaneously are right now threatening to change the rules because they lost by the rules. So let's take a closer look at what some of this stuff is. Now they are literally using the word Armageddon and threatening Armageddon and threatening a nuclear option, which is kind of funny because if you Google Nancy Pelosi Armageddon, she's been talking about Armageddon for at least three years and it hasn't happened yet. But this is a little bit different. Um, so number one, they are saying that they are telling folks that if people don't protest a SCOTUS pick before the election, that Roe v. Wade will be gone forever when really that's highly, highly unlikely they would not have the votes to get rid of Roe v. Wade on the Supreme Court. And they're also saying that the Obamacare Affordable Care Act will be completely gone. And now this is a weird new fear-mongering tactic that they're taking up. And that's simply because voting on the ACA in the Supreme Court starts on November 10th, which is, you know, about a week after the election. This is some whole new thing that hasn't even been mentioned by anyone except for the Democrats. So they're whipping up their base. And Nancy Pelosi did an interview with George Stephanopoulos, which is a hilarious, hilarious interview. And she literally said <laughs> that if the populace does not rise up and stop a Supreme Court nominee, that coronavirus will kill us all. She literally says that without waiting for a Biden president to install a new Supreme Court justice, we will never crush the coronavirus. And she says that that also proves that you don't care about the people that got sick and died. It's insane appeal to emotion and virtue signaling that is just absolutely ridiculous. I'm actually going to pull up uh, one of the clips here. I have so many windows open. Um, let's see. And it's funny because depending on which outlet you look at, there are so many different folks. There are polls that say that the vast majority of Americans support a finding a new justice. And there are also polls that say no one supports finding a new justice. They just cannot make up their minds. So let me make sure that my volume is turned up so you folks can hear this. And we will listen to some of this here. It's absolutely nuts. Hopefully you guys can hear it. Sadly reached that number. Uh, this uh, 
uh, challenge that we have is directly, if the president thinks this isn't about the coronavirus, it is. It's about health care. So the, ch the president is rushing to make some kind of a decision because he, November 10th is when the oral arguments begin on the Affordable Care Act. He doesn't want to crush the virus. He wants to crush the Affordable Care Act. Uh, he, uh, so it, again, in terms of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, any one of us who knew her, who loved her, who respected her, and that includes almost anybody uh, who had an appreciation for greatness, uh, mourn her loss, but would want us to move forward to protect the people who are sick, uh, those with coronavirus who now have, millions of them now have a pre-existing condition. That's what the president wants to crush uh, when he says he wants to replace uh, the chief justice in this very, excuse me, the justice in this short period of time. So what, so what if Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg would have kept the Affordable Care Act. That is irrelevant. It's a moot point. It's null and void. She's not on the court anymore. It doesn't matter. And yes, it is very sad that she passed away. And my heart goes out to her family, but it has nothing to do with anything. And the, you know, coronavirus really has nothing to do with the Supreme Court either. If you are so worried that the Supreme Court will somehow stop us from finding a treatment for coronavirus, well then really we should talk about maybe the Supreme Court is too powerful and again they shouldn't be legislating from the bench. Anyways, <laughs> so she also, now this is really interesting too, she, <laughs> George Stephanopoulos, he then asks her if they would consider, he starts asking her about what tools Nancy Pelosi and the folks in Congress would consider to fight this pick. And he even goes so far as to ask about the government shutdown, should they not be able to reach a decision on the budget? And this reaction is pretty funny too. Their lives. You are in the middle of negotiations over government funding. The government runs out of funding at the end of September. Is there any way you can use leverage in those negotiations to slow this nomination down? Well, none of us has any interest in shutting down government. Well, no, of course not, because then you don't get paid. That that has such a harmful and painful impact on so many people in our country. Uh, so I would hope that we can just proceed with that. Uh, there is some enthusiasm among some exuberance on the left to say, let's, let's use that, but we, we're, we're not going to be shutting down government. I do hope, though, uh, that the focus on healthcare and what it means uh, in terms of the court. And then she goes back to talking about healthcare, but you know what, like they are 100% going to try to use some sort of government shutdown. I 100% believe it. So let's look at, so the, all of the plans that they have to try to stop getting a new Supreme Court justice were uh, put together in Axios of all places, which is kind of strange. But um, th this is whoever, this is who got the scoop for whatever reason. And even here, they're calling it the Armageddon option. So check this out. 
Fierce Democrats are considering total war, profound changes to two branches of government, and even adding stars to the flag if Republicans jam through Supreme Court nominee, then lose control of the Senate. So what's interesting is a lot of these things, thankfully, depend on both Joe Biden winning and them taking the Senate. But as I talked about, both on Friday and on Saturday, 538 right now has them actually in the polls, they are the favorite to take over full control of Congress. So that is a little worrisome. And we also cannot rule out the fact that there could be fraud, there could be um, you know, issues with the mail-in voting. It could be that, you know, on the, the election day, it says that Trump wins because all the people in the red states and all the Trump voters went out and voted for him. And then magically, all of these blue ballots start showing up. And then there's lawsuits. People aren't accepting the election. And then it goes to the courts and then ultimately the Supreme Court, which again is why we need to have a justice in there and we can't have an even split. So, among the list, adding Supreme Court justices, eliminating the Senate's 60-vote threshold to end filibusters, and statehood for D.C. and Puerto Rico. So this is one of the really big scary ones, the D.C. and Puerto Rico statehood thing. So we're just going to talk about that for a second. Now, <laughs> the problem with this is, you know, constitutionally speaking, right, if you are going to add states to the country, it's... What's supposed to happen is that if you add a blue state, then you add a red state. You don't add two, three, four, however many states all willy-nilly because then it's not equal, it's not even, then you have an automatic majority in the Senate, and it's just, it's bad news bears. They don't care about this. Now, keep in mind, there are parts of, like, California, uh, parts of, I think, um, Idaho that have been wanting to fracture off for years and start their own states because there are parts of California that do not agree with the bulk of California policy. No one has allowed them to make their own free states. That has been blocked every step of the way. Any of these places that wanted to create new states been blocked every step of the way. So they want to add both D.C. and Puerto Rico. I can see the argument for Puerto Rico is something that's been going back and forth for some time. Even D.C., there's been a bill to try to make D.C. a state, I believe, going on 10 years now. It always got put to bed straight away. Not this time. It actually reached the floor this time around. And the argument that a lot of folks are making is, well, okay, so D.C. residents don't have their own representative, they don't have a way to fight government policy, is the argument. And I can see that. But we also know that the vast majority of people that work in D.C. and live in D.C. work in government. And then that would put us in a really strange and, and peculiar position where Washington, D.C. is both a state and federal agent, right? And then that would mean that a state has control of the federal government. You know, they can't be separate and the same entities at the same time. But the Democrats, they want D.C. to be its own state so they can get two more senators and however many representatives. They want the same for Puerto Rico so they can get two more senators and however many representatives. So 
say they do this, right? Say that they somehow get Biden, they somehow get a majority and they get they get Puerto Rico and they get DC. So now we have four new senators pretty much guaranteed to be Democrat. And then so say this, what happens when they pass some kind of crazy unconstitutional gun control, for example? Um, first of all, do you think that like deep South states and very red states are going to put up with the fact that Democrats are purposely stacking the government against them? I don't think so. Do we think that states like Texas, for example, are going to put up with it when you know this new blue government purposely puts out laws that they disagree with and purposely works to take away their rights? I don't think so. You know, all this talk, we look at Virginia, everything that happened in Virginia with the gun control issues that were happening November, December, and January, right? The representatives in Virginia came right out and said that if the government of Virginia did not stop these gun control bills, they would be all hell to pay. And they were actually worried about civil war. They were talking about bringing in the National Guard. They were talking about shutting down sheriff's departments. They were talking about taking money away from counties and towns and cities that didn't abide by the gun control rules. And that was just in Virginia. In Virginia, I mean, uh, it kind of flip-flops. So what happens when the government tries to do that on a federal level and we have states like Texas, like Alabama, Mississippi, you know, Kansas, Kentucky, whatever, that does not bode well to me. It's just, it's nuts. And again, you know, they're not going to consider any of these red areas that want to come out and be their own states. Absolutely not. They want strictly DC and Puerto Rico. And if they do gain control of everything and pass these through, there's no way that they would approve red states because they're not in it. They say that they're in it for checks and balances when that's not the case at all. They are in it for power. This You can't look at this and say that this isn't some crazy power grab. It is 100% a power grab. They are literally trying to change the rules to make sure that they gain all of the power even after they weren't elected to have all of the power. And no party should ever have all of the power. That's not the way that the government was designed. So the other thing that they're threatening is they want to tie up the Senate so that the Senate can't vote on the Supreme Court nominee. And they are proposing to do this in a couple of ways. Number one, uh, they are threatening to do another impeachment article against Trump, even though that's usually used for high crimes and misdemeanors. And they're, you know, they, they did the impeachment thing. They lost. Nothing came of it. Trump hasn't done anything new that you can call a crime. So I'm not really sure what they think that they're doing. Now, they're also proposing to try and impeach Barr. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure why. Again, um, e even in interviews, when anchors are, are asking Pelosi or Schumer or whoever uh, what their plans are and they talk about impeachment, the anchors are like, oh, well, why? 
and they have nothing. They have no reason. Um, I think it, it's connected to like the, the Durham investigation. I don't know. They just really don't, really don't like Attorney General Barr. So they're talking about trying to him, get him impeached. They are randomly looking for random people that they can threaten with impeachment just to tie up the Senate with other business so the Senate can't have a vote on the Supreme Court pick. That's all that it is. They are pulling out all of the stops. Now, ironically, another thing that they're threatening to do, and there are all kinds of folks talking about this. Um, so we have Representative Nadler, for example, who has talked about this. If Senator McConnell and the Senate GOP were to force through a nominee during the lame duck session before a new Senate and president can take office, then the incoming Senate should immediately move to expand the Supreme Court. He's saying that if we don't do this, that it is undemocratic and a clear violation of the public trust in elected officials, which I find to be very, very ironic. But he's not the only one saying this. We also have uh, this guy, Brian Fallon, talking about this which is ironic because he is not anywhere. Uh, he was a former senator in the Justice Department during the Clinton campaign, but now he's just part of some group called Demand Justice. And this is actually, this is a new tweet that he, he just did. Um, he's trying to make the, McConnell's trying to make the court bite seem a fait accompli, I don't really know what that means. Fighting back is the best course of action, he says, because you never know what can happen if the public rises up while threatening riots and destruction of property and destruction of government. Pressing these R's makes them less likely to win in November and it builds resolve to respond with court reform in 21. But he laid out his little four-step plan, which he said could be the only course of action um, here we go. Oppose the nominee prior to election, invoking the GOP's own rule for 2016. Again, we talked about how that's not a rule. Defeat Trump, keep seat open until Biden takes office, and then if the GOP rams the Trump pick through anyway, add seats to the court. This is the play. There is no other play. AOC said the same thing. Chuck Schumer is saying the same thing. It's, it's just insane. Um, who else do we have here? Eric Holder is also saying that. So this is the clip that we talked about you earlier. Would, you, would have, you would have a conservative majority on the court, illegitimate conservative majority on the court, uh, ruling on these matters that will affect the nation um, you know, for generations to come. And one of the realities is if Merrick Garland had been confirmed as he should have been, there would have been a progressive majority on the court for the past three years. And think about what that, uh, what that meant. So I think that if, if in fact, um, they are successful in placing uh, a justice on, on the court, I think that what Democrats have to do, um, assuming that Biden is president and there is a, a Senate majority in, for the Democrats, we need to think about court reform. And at a minimum, um, as part of that reform package, uh, I think additional justices need to be placed on the, uh, on the Supreme Court. You would have a... And what's interesting, so he talks about adding, I believe, two justices, 
But if you scroll through and you look at the comments, there are people talking about adding four, adding six, adding eight. People are just going nuts. And ironically, this is something that Ginsburg herself was against because it was talked about previously in 2020. And in fact, look at this. Oh, wow. Back in July of last year, Ginsburg opposes 2020 Democrats' proposals to expand the Supreme Court. We even have a video clip of her. Um, that's not the one. Let's see. <laughs> Told you guys I had a lot of clips open here. Um, we will, you know what, we just might Google it real quick because it seems that that page refreshed and got rid of it. So let me Google that real quick. But she talks about how having a, it's called packing the court, and she talks about how she didn't agree with it when there were previous attempts, and she didn't agree with it uh, when FDR tried to do it. And you can't get much more liberal than FDR. <laughs> but still, she talks about how that is just not how the Constitution or democracy is supposed to work. Let's see. Um, let's do videos. Here we go. that I would one day become the notorious RBG. I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. That's not the clip either. Sorry guys, technical difficulty with this. I had the clip up and it looks like the page uh, refreshed and now I don't have it, so I will find it on YouTube really quick. But all you need to know is that she said she is against packing the court. And it's ironic because Democrats are so focused on the fact that, you know, we're not fulfilling her dying wish by getting another Supreme Court justice and not waiting until Biden comes in, and yet they're ignoring the fact that she previously talked about not packing the court and packing the court being a really no good, very bad thing. Um, I'm really disappointed that I don't have that clip. But I mean, we have that article saying that um, she stood out against it. And it's funny because now that I'm, I'm doing a search for this, um, <laughs> there's all these articles saying coming up or saying, well, she says she was against it, but this is what she really means. She didn't really mean that. Actually, and here's one right here um, from PJ Media. Oh, what she really said about Kavanaugh confirmation and packing the court. So we can't go by 
her actual quote. We have to go by some weird interpretation by whatever media outlet of the day. Um, uh, it's disappointing that I can't find that, but you guys can look for it. You'll find it. It's a clip. It, it's out there. It exists. So these are the things that the Democrats are threatening right now. Uh, I don't even know who they would try to put in if if Biden somehow got the presidency. And I can't imagine like the, the, the Republicans would fight that kicking and screaming the whole way. There's there's no way that they wouldn't. Um, so let's go back to this Axios article real quick and see the other things that they said are on the table here. So um, again, Representative Joe Kennedy also talking about packing the court, complaining about GOP hypocrisy, and um, Nancy Pelosi talking about how we have our options, we have arrows in our quiver that I'm not about to discuss right now. And then it was after that that she had her weird like brain fritz and sort of stopped mid-sentence and kind of like sat there for a minute and blinked at the camera and then started talking about Sunday morning. Um, so again, most controversial, the proposed changes would be adding two more justices to the court. House Judiciary Chair Jerry Nadler tweeted about it. Uh, we talked about that. Eric Holder talked about it. And here we have, um, even again, Politico. Ginsburg opposes 2020 Democrats' proposals to expand the Supreme Court. But, you know, they don't care about that whatsoever. Do we have the actual video clip here? Yes, we do. When you talk about judicial independence and all the safeguards in the Constitution, I take it you're not a big fan of many of the uh, proposals to change the current system, to have limited terms, to have um, all kinds of, to add. Well, I mean, she definitely wouldn't be against, lim uh, she would definitely not be for limited terms because really if she was worried about retiring under a democratic president to make sure that a liberal filled her seat, then she should have retired under Obama. She had already gotten her diagnosis of pancreatic cancer while under Obama. And it's quite frankly amazing that she lived another 10 years after that because unfortunately the, the prognosis for pancreatic cancer is usually very poor the number of justices. I take it you're not a, a fan of those proposals. Limited terms. I don't worry about that because the only way you could get that would be to amend the Constitution. And as you know, our Constitution is powerfully hard. And actually, one of the other things that Democrats are proposing is a limit, a term limit on Supreme Court justices, which is kind of funny. Um, because they want to do it so they can get rid of right-leaning justices who, again, are not even supposed to be legislating. They are supposed to only be interpreting the Constitution. Um, but <laughs> any of these things, if they were to actually ram through, it would later on be used against them and they'd be screaming about it the whole way. To amend takes two-thirds of the Senate and the House and it takes three quarters 
of the states. My own experience with the Equal Rights Amendment has brought home how really hard it is. We were, we were three votes, three states shy. Think of the Suffrage Amendment. We're, we're celebrating soon the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. That was a 75-year struggle to amend the Constitution. So what does concern you? If you're not... And I mean, this is where I think part of the sort of idea that women's rights will go away when they fill this seat comes from because she talked about how difficult it was to get equal rights and, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, women aren't suddenly going to lose their rights or health care or not be able to vote or be barefoot in the kitchen just because of a Supreme Court justice. That's really not how it works. I'm worried about the term limits. What are you worried about? Well, what was the other thing? You mentioned adding the number, changing the number of justices. Oh, yes, yes. There is no fixed number in the Constitution. So this court has had as few as five, as many as 10. Nine seems to be a good number, and it's been that way for, for a long time. I have heard that there are some people on the Democratic side who would like to increase the number of judges. I think that was a bad idea when President Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried to pack the court. His plan was for every justice who stays on the court past the age of 70, the president would have authority to nominate another justice. If that plan had been effective, the court's number would have swelled immediately from nine to 15, and the president would have six appointments to make. That would be a lot of appointments under a very, very liberal president. You mentioned before um, the court appearing partisan. Well, if anything would make the court appear partisan, it would be that one side saying, when we're in power, we're going to enlarge the number of judges, so we will have more people who will vote the way we want them to. Um, so I am... Um, not at all in favor of that solution to what I see as um, a temporary situation. I mean, the president is term limited, so the president can't make that many appointments, and then there'll be a new administration. That administration will have appointments to make. So there we have it. She herself saying that she is against packing the court and Democrats saying that we need to pack the court in her honor. Bottom line is that the Democrats are basically throwing a temper tantrum and saying, this is what we're going to do if you don't give us what we want. But why then would you ever give a group of people threatening violence and, and threatening to tear apart the Constitution and the very fabric of the government and democracy and all that stuff that they normally praise, 
If you have a group that's threatening to do that, why on earth would you give them what they want? Because number one, that just shows them that that behavior works and they'll continue doing it. And number two, the minute they get in power, they're going to do it anyways. So I'm, I'm very concerned as to if Trump loses, what on earth that would look like. And then I'm very concerned about if he wins, how much worse that this could possibly get, how much further left and, and how many more temper tantrums can the Democrats and leftists have? It's, it's mind boggling. That's really frightening to think about. And this whole idea about them also wanting to get rid of the filibuster, that is going to kick them in the ass real quick if they somehow manage to do that. So that is all the crazy news going on with that. Um, I'll do the summary and then I will jump to the super chats and make sure that we get to the super chats because um, I know some people, <laughs> they don't like these longer videos. So in some, in response to Trump saying that he's going to nominate likely a woman this week for Supreme Court and in response to McConnell saying that he will have the Senate vote on the nominee, the Democrats are threatening full-out institutional Armageddon and nuclear options in adding states to the United States to get four more Democratic senators and take over the Senate. They are threatening to hold up the Senate with all kinds of rando business, including adding stars to the flag <laughs> and including impeachment all willy-nilly of Trump, Barr, and whoever else they can think of. They also, they want Puerto Rico and D.C. to be states. They want to expand the Supreme Court. They want to end the filibuster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they're saying that if their base does not support those things, that you don't care about feminism, you don't care about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and you don't care about the people that died from coronavirus, which is a really, really strange and rando non sequitur. But that's what it is. Nonetheless, right now, as far as I know, Republicans are planning to push forward in the Senate. And again, the fact is we need to have a odd number of justices in the Supreme Court in the event that all hell breaks loose with this election and the lawsuits end up in front of the Supreme Court. Bottom line, we, we, need, we need the Supreme Court for that reason. So um, I know that there are some people that don't like the longer videos. So if that's the case, then you can end now. And uh, I will jump over to the super chats here. I want to make sure I get the ones for the right date. So uh, Mr. Rover Pilot had asked if he missed much. He had just gotten the notification. And no, I mean, I did, uh, I did schedule this with only 15 minutes notice. Um, and apparently there is a tropical storm in Houston. Is it what? Tropical storm beta right now, I believe. I think I had seen that. Um, people in the chat also talking about how it will likely be um, Amy Coney Barrett. And we did, we did uh, do a, not a deep dive, but we did delve into her a little bit on Saturday and talked about the reasons why she is the likely pick and uh, all the pros and cons that could come with that and the most likely Democrat attacks against her. 
Uh, 28 days later, 559 says Trump is a Marxist. Wake up people. He has supported Marxist policies most of his life. Uh, I do believe that he was, in fact, a Democrat up until um, this election. Uh, Robert Chappelle asking what he missed. Not much. Chris Shoemake saying to hit that like button. Yes, please hit the like button. It helps the channel tremendously in the algorithms. And YouTube is all about algorithms these days. Uh, Mr. Rover Pilot says Harry Reid got rid of the filibuster under the abomination. See, I thought that the filibuster was gone, but now they're talking again about getting rid of the filibuster. So I don't really know what the dealio is with that. But I, I remember that being a huge issue. Um, and a, a lot of it stemmed, I believe, from when Rand, Rand Paul had that, what was it, that 23-hour filibuster? I think it was, it was ridiculously long. I watched chunks of it, and I was so impressed. Um, Jesse Meek, thank you for the little super sticker guy dancing around. Um, Nathan Kino says, just stopping by to support the stream. Thank you very much. And Mr. Rover Pilot asks Robert Chappelle if you need if you need shoe sniffing source material, and then says made you laugh. Uh, Christopher Coughlin, thank you very much. Steve Violence says term limits for senators and congressmen now. See, that is an uh, an idea that I could get behind because I mean, God, Joe Biden was in for what forty some odd years. Nancy Pelosi's been in for how many? These people just get into government and they stay there forever and ever and ever and don't do their jobs and then have these weird, bizarre, nonsensical moments. I'll actually see if I can um, pull up that, that clip of uh, Nancy Pelosi. I know that I posted it on Twitter. So I can pull that up for you guys. It was really nuts. It was a total, total brain fart. You know, when you have senators and, and representatives and you know, people in Congress and in government for decades and decades and decades, then you have things like this happen and no one says anything about it. 10 states, as I said, on Friday, I started their early voting the, the day that we lost but, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But to be clear, you're not taking any arrows out of your quiver. You're not ruling anything out. Good morning. <laughs> Sunday morning. The, uh, the, 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 we have a responsibility. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. 10 states, as I And what's interesting is... <laughs> a lot of the liberal news outlets that reported on that interview, they did not put in the video clip and the way that they wrote it, they made it seem like she was slyly being like, oh, good morning, rather than whatever the heck that just was. <laughs> um, I see folks talking about, so the filibuster was gotten rid of for judicial appointments. They are now wanting to remove it for all legislation. Thank you for the uh, correction and the information, Rob Randall. Um, Mr. Rover Pilot says they were talking about making DC its own state while I was in the Marine Corps. That is before you were born. They talk when they need more power. Absolutely. That's purely what it is. It is a power grab, pure and simple, nothing else. 
And, you know, again, they are complaining about Trump not following the rules and stealing the the election. And they're complaining that, oh, he won't accept the, re the election results when Biden wins. And they're saying when. They're not saying if, which is really interesting. All of these people, I don't know if they're just, like, so convinced or if they're like, ha, ha, we know he's going to win because we're cheating. But everyone in all of these liberal media outlets and these left-wing Congress people, they all say when Joe Biden is president, when Joe Biden is president. I mean, and I guess that's not really surprising because, you know, talking about not accepting election results, I mean, they were toting Stacey Abrams as the winner of that election, even though she was 50,000 votes short. They had her at the DNC being like, oh, you know, this is really the real winner and the election was stolen from her. So they're, they're complaining about Trump and Republicans and, you know, whoever not accepting election results and not playing by the rules but they're going and completely rescripting or attempting to rescript all of the rules. And, you know, I'm not saying that the GOP is above that because I've, I've mentioned on the show before my experience in the 2020, uh, not 2020, I'm sorry, 2012 elections with Ron Paul and how I went to my local caucus and Mitt Romney's crowd were handing out pre-filled out ballots for Mitt Romney. And they discounted any ballot that had anyone that wrote anything on it. So you couldn't cross anything off. You couldn't write in your delegate choices, anything. They discounted your vote unless it was one of those pre-filled in Mitt Romney ballots. So, you know, and then we had them changing the thresholds to get into the debates. And they, you know, the Republicans did it to Rand Paul. Um, they didn't give him the time on stage. But then the, the DNC turned around and did it to Bernie Sanders. So it's really not that surprising. It's about power and whoever is looking for the power at the time. Um, Nathan Kino says, just try enforcing gun control up here in Alaska. Exactly. So they're always saying that they're worried about civil war and they're worried about all these redneck podunks with their guns, but then they're, go they're threatening to do things that would literally tear the country apart and further spark this powder keg that we already have going there it's almost like it's it's a cold war civil war that's going on between the political parties both on the streets and in washington i mean there are people on twitter saying you know this is war and then they're not even saying it about politicians they're also saying that if this supreme court nominee or if this we're, we're going to assume Amy, Amy Coney Barrett, but whoever it is, they're saying if Trump nominates someone and they get into the Supreme Court, they're not even just talking about protesting against their politicians. They, there are tweets saying if you see anyone who you think is a GOP supporter, not even a Trump supporter, just a general Republican conservative person in the streets, you need to attack them with violence. That is the stuff that they are talking about on social media. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Um, Chester Thomas says, hello there, what I miss? Well, I, I think you're filled in now. Um, Craig Boylston says, since, since when was the dying wish of a Supreme Court justice above the workings of a whole country? Not to mention the fact that Ginsburg never publicly said that, said this. That is absolutely true. I mean, it could be something 
I would like to think that her family didn't make it up because it was supposedly dictated to her granddaughter. But I mean, it's 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 perfectly viable and plausible that the you know Democrats in Congress made it up, that the you know progressive legacy media made it up. That's entirely possible. I would not put it past them. It wouldn't be the first time that they've made things up. And you know, if that becomes a precedent that we follow a social um, I almost said <laughs> social justices dying wish. If we if we take a politician's or a judge's final wish and we say, okay, well, you know, that is rule of law for X, Y, Z, well then imagine all the things that people could do. What if, what if then, uh, you know, Justice uh, yeah, Thomas, for example, says on his deathbed, okay, no more gun control. Well, if we're going to follow the same, if we're going to have Ruth Bader Ginsburg have her dying wish, well then, by all logical and logic and rationale, we would have to have him have his dying wish. Well, they would never allow that. I mean, if Justice Scalia had some dying wish on his deathbed, and I would hope that no one would be thinking about this kind of stuff on their deathbed and instead would be thinking about their family. But hypothetically speaking, if he had some kind of, um, you know, thing on, on his deathbed, um, Everyone gets an AR-15 or something, or uh, no more gun control, whatever. No one would ever follow that. They would be protesting that day in and day out. Um, I'm guessing this is supposed to be a silent scape. It's no, no vowels. Um, says, SEALs is getting annoying. Not really sure what that is about. Um, Justin Watkins says, this is the first time in my 31 years I've been legitimately worried about the future of our country. So I, I was worried when I first like woke up and began to understand liberty and libertarianism and some of the crazy things that were going on in government. And, um, back then, you know, I, I listened to some Alex Jones because he was the primary person that was giving Ron Paul airtime at that point. And, you know, he was talking about the Bilderberg group and, and things like that. I didn't listen to everything he said by any means. Um, you know, but he was talking about, you know, uh, different things like this back then. And I mean, I used to lay awake in bed at night being so freaked out, like, oh my God, I can't believe what the government is doing. And I can't believe what's going on and what the alphabet agencies are doing. And then, you know, that sort of subsided. I'm starting to feel that way again. I mean, especially with everything going on with COVID-1984 and the lockdowns, it, it's like this whole like overlying blanket of unease that's in the back of everyone's mind. And then, you know, you, you, then you have, it's so irresponsible. It's, it's irresponsible in easy, pleasant, peaceful times, but it's even more irresponsible now to have politicians coming out and saying, oh, well, you know, the Supreme Court justice died. Oh, so you're a woman, you're not gonna have rights anymore. They're gonna take your rights away. That is so irresponsible because that's not even how any of it works. That's not even a physical possibility, but that's what they're telling their base to rile up their base and their base has no understanding of basic civics. 
So they believe it. And yes, you know, right now the Republicans have the control of the government, but it is the left that controls the institutions, the colleges, the media, Hollywood news, all of it, all of it. And they spoon feed this garbage to people and they believe it because they say, well, you know, there's there's no way that CNN would ever lie or ABC would ever lie or, you know, Paul Rudd or whatever other celeb, they would never lie to me. Well, of course they're going to lie because they get paid to lie. Politicians get paid to lie. They follow their own self-interests 99% of the time, at least a lot of the ones in office right now. I mean, just look, look at, look at, you know, your Nancy Pelosi's, your Chuck Schumer's, your AOC's, any of these people and find me one that is not acting within their own self-interests. No way, no how, you're not going to be able to find it. Um, Gito463 says, good evening, Tuesday evening, fatal error. <laughs> Um, so I know a few more super chats came in. We're going to go through those and then I'm going to wrap it up because I'm trying to keep these videos a lot shorter, um, than the other ones, but I, I got carried away. Um, let's see. Uh, Mr. Rover Pilot says, wasn't RBC the original women's suffrage advocate? Um, I believe, well... Um, she definitely was one of the big advocates for um, equal rights and, and things like that and feminism. Um, Rose Blight says they pack the court this time. They pack the court this time. Republicans pack the court next time they get rid of filibuster. It will be used against them. Catch 22. Absolutely. They're, they're stupid if they think that their own tactics won't be used against them later. Um, Robert Chappelle says beta, so they're naming storms after Antifa men now. Oh, I believe it's that they uh, ran out of names, actually. Um, Uncle Bob's Bees says make sure you are still registered to vote. Um, Omega Racets says they're saying the right is dividing the nation while actively dividing the nation. Exactly. To be honest, I find it dishonest of the Democratic Party. I agree. I agree. And then Rose Blight says, Ruth Bader Ginsburg says, my most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. Right. So say that, uh, say that uh, Trump wins. So she wants the, the court to be down a justice for the next four years. I mean, that's completely insane and unrealistic. Uh, yes. Uh, Sepsin trichinosis says they are going with the Greek alphabet for the storms. And uh, Phil Robinson says, join your local militia. <laughs> and uh, Q says, oh, Captain Max says, Q, finally a moderator. Um, and Andy, I guess folks did not get the notification. Again, I mean, I, I posted it on Twitter, and I only gave about 15 to 20 minutes notice before popping on, because this program requires at least 10 minutes notice, and I wanted to give myself a little more time to get set up. I am sorry that uh, this is coming on so late today for my folks over on the East Coast, but for everyone else, it, it gives you uh, <laughs> it, it gives you a little taste otherwise. People are complaining about the echo. Sorry, I'm still in my mostly empty room. I have a uh, shield around the microphone, but I guess it's not doing much. But anyways, 
So that is the news for today and yesterday. We will be having our regularly scheduled live stream on Friday that is more, um, there's news, but it's a little bit more hangouty and, and talk with you folks in the chat. This is just trying to get the news out and get it fired out. Um, I, I envisioned this being 20 minutes and here we are for an hour. So we're gonna get these last super last two super chats from Rose and Roxas Text, and then we're going to uh, call it. So Rose Blight says, keyword being wish, not last request. Both are invalid, agreed. And uh, Roxas Tech says, exactly right. With the one-party system, I plan to run for my state's House of Reps next term in Wyoming. As libertarian, I'll call them out on everything. Hashtag Jorgensen 2020. Awesome. And uh, next time next time we chat, I might have a little bit of news for you guys in regards to that. We'll see. A little bit of teaser. So again, hit the like button. Subscribe if you're new here. Um, you guys, let me know if you like these kind of like firing at the hip, very uh, news heavy lives. Um, I know it's a little different from my regular videos and it's a little different from the Friday live streams. Um, check out the support options and the partners down in the description and I will catch you on the next one. Until then, thank you guys for tuning in and putting up with this and thank you for helping me to spread the message of liberty. Good night.